you can't wait another minute. You can't put it off another day. Your life is too valuable to forfeit your destiny. So let's start something new. Now, <laughs> let's go. When we are bitten by life unexpectedly, it can often cause damage beyond recognition. And the truth of the matter today is that many of us are living our lives out of the eye. Didn't see that coming experience. The perspective says no. Your faith will say that God is still fighting for me. That when your perspective tries to convince you that you are down and out, your faith will remind you that it is God who has all power in his hands, who is still working things for you. Say it again. The assertion of the fact that mercy is present means this, y'all. Without the existence of mercy, that would be different meaning if mercy wasn't present it would be another way but Jeremiah says that because of the Lord's mercies which now means that we have to shift our outlook and it has to be Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Marissa Farrell here, and welcome in to another episode of the Your Next Now podcast with me, Marissa Farrell, and I am excited to be with you guys today. Certainly, um, it's been an amazing week, and I had a great time. I hope that all of you had a great week, and hopefully by the time you're hearing this conversation, something amazing has happened for you this week. So, how y'all doing out there in podcast world? Thank you again for tuning in. I agreed to many of my listeners that I would spend the first five minutes of the podcast today kind of recapping my trip to Greece because a lot of people have um, the, the trip on their bucket list and uh, there are a couple things that I guess I can maybe help you to figure out, avoid, or streamline from my first trip. So I spent the last week in um, all parts of Greece. It was an amazing time. It is a certainly beautiful country and a beautiful place to be um overall I think that if you're going to plan to go be very cautious of the time of year that you go the weather was not terrible but also wasn't perfect it definitely wasn't swimming weather um they definitely have a peak season in fact most of the hotels and businesses in Santorini I found out I actually uh closed down between like end of October early part of June is when they start opening back up because that's their peak season um if you're going to places like Santorini Mykonos Eos and all these other wonderful islands be very clear that you are not going to find a lot of Greek people there except Except for, of course, the workers and maybe some locals. But these are not the places where authentic Greek people go because these are the tourist destinations. So um, if you uh, want to know any more about that, definitely hit me up, inbox me. But overall, the trip was great. I think that um, if you have an understanding of how the whole Greek Isles thing works, you could definitely streamline your trip and save some money. So when I went, I left from JFK. It is a 10-hour flight from New York, um, so you can imagine what it's going to be from wherever you are. And um, once I got there, um, first of all, I thought I was going to lose my life, y'all. That Everybody in Europe drives like... Um, for lack of better terms, bats out of hell. Like, you know, literally just pushing 120, I mean, in a curve, like just fear for my life. And the same thing happened when I was in Paris. So apparently it's a European thing. So be very conscientious that if you have motion sickness or you like, you know, 
a little, you know, skittish when it comes to stuff like that. The taxi drivers are not for you. But, of course, that is the most effective way to do a transfer once you get to Athens. Athens is a beautiful city. They have the most modern fashion. I think all European cities have the best fashion in the world. They are so simplistic, yet so fashionable. And they do it just every day, just effortlessly. They had amazing fashion, amazing shopping places everywhere from Zara and H&M to Louis Vuitton and Gucci, depending on what you were looking for. But Athens is a very dirty city. I'm I'm sorry to say it, but I work in New York. I live in Baltimore. I've lived in Baltimore my life. Athens is a filthy city. It is just absolutely dirty. The dining is really good as far as the food, of course, because it's Mediterranean-style food. If you love Mediterranean food, you'll love all the food in Greece. But the dining experiences, much like my time in Paris, um, are all open and outdoor, which invites you know, all types of stuff, specifically in this country, cats. I don't know what the deal is with cats over there, but people at tables around you who are used to this type of behavior will feed the cats. The cats will jump up on the chairs. It's just a little bizarre for me while I'm eating my food. I don't want to be nowhere near a starving cat, a cat that's sitting there like off them commercials when they be singing in the arms of the angels. Like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with malnourished cat. I don't want to deal with it. So I'm trying to enjoy my food. That was one of the worst things um because of the weather um you know in that time of year I I was able to figure out how to better streamline if I ever go back to Greece without spending as much money so I wasn't aware that my ultimate destination was on an island called Eos and I didn't know you know I knew about the Greek Isles but I didn't necessarily know that it was all spread apart the way it is and so I didn't realize that in order to get to Eos I had to arrive by boat only because not every island has a landing strip or air um, port so Santorini is obviously one of the major islands that has an airport but places like Mykonos and Eos do not have airports from major planes but they can have private helicopter transfers so long story short um I actually booked an, a flight thinking that my destination was in Santorini. Come to find out, they're like, no, it's in Eos. So I had a 55-minute flight over from um, Athens to Santorini. Got stuck because the wind was horrible. And by the way, when the wind is horrible over there, they do not care. And apparently the wind is horrible all types of times of the year. They don't care about your travel, your trip, your cancellation, your money back. They don't care about nothing over there. So be very conscientious about how you book your travel. Because had I known that, I wouldn't have booked a flight from Athens to Santorini just to get on a boat to go to Eos. I could have just booked a boat straight from Athens to Eos, which I found out later down the line. So basically the best way to get around um, Greece, especially to all the different islands is either through sea jets or through the standardized ferry now sea jets is going to be the higher end one where you're going to spend a little more money or you can get on the one that you know you've probably seen the santorini instagram versus santorini real life and it's fifty thousand people getting off these boats and that's really how it is it's absolutely tragic but Ultimately, it was a good experience. The last couple of things, I will wrap up with this. If you're a woman, plan the time of month that you go. Because in Santorini, Eos, Mykonos, all those small islands, you cannot flush stuff in the toilet. So depending on what time of month it is for you, ladies, that can be super uncomfortable. So plan your vacation very wisely. Um, 
I got stuck in Santorini, so I had to be quick on my feet. I had to get an Airbnb because they don't have, like, major hotel chains over there. And so I would definitely recommend Google mapping something to actually find out where something is located because I um, booked this the, this beautiful villa that was super isolated, super just exclusive, but I did not know that it was 700 meters or seven minutes walking off of the main road, right? And so um, when I was in Greece or in Santorini this week, I had the real um, opportunity to understand why they call Jesus the lily in the valley because they have like the terrain of these places are super, you know, hilly and cliffy and mountain-ish. And there are homes that are actually dug into the sides of the mountains and the cliffs, which I can imagine is the same type of stuff that was going on in Israel and Jerusalem and all these different places that Jesus was at. And then there are like these valleys that are just super low down in um, to the mountains and in the cliffs. And, and, and it was just a very interesting experience. Long story short, the road that I had to walk to get to my villa is like seven minutes off this narrow road that is off the side of a cliff that is super high up, valleys down beneath, goats walking up the mountain. I mean, it was just an experience. So as beautiful as it was at 7, 8 o'clock at night when the sun's completely down and there's nothing but, you know, kind of um, – you know, kind of uh, whatever those like overhead lighting, the floodlights kind of coming through to try to help you to walk. It was just a very scary experience, especially in wind that was strong enough to blow somebody's wig off or cancel the boats that day. So that was my Airbnb experience in Santorini. And the last part I'll give you is that I had a horrible um, Airbnb experience going back to Athens. So me being me, I had a hotel booked as always because I'm a Marriott girl. You're going to find me at a Marriott any given moment. So I had my Marriott booked, but I said, I just want to have an authentic experience and just see what an Airbnb is like here because I want that authentic architecture, that authentic vibe. And child, I had the worst absolute Airbnb experience in the world. In fact, it made me feel or understand why I do not want to catch air um, be in Airbnbs ever again in life. So, long story short, we can talk about that offline because I have to get into um, the podcast. But in my movie catch up for the week during my trip, I did um, watch more of my Riverdale show, of course. But um, I watched Father of the Bride, the 2022 version, which is absolutely an amazing rom-com. It's super funny, super family-oriented. So if you're a rom-com kind of person, the Father of the Bride, the 2022 one, is one that I would recommend for you. So let's get into this podcast because last week we had an amazing conversation that all of you guys seemingly enjoyed. I got a lot of great feedback about um, Friends Part 1. So that's going to bring us into Friends Part too, because as I listened back to the podcast, I had a lot more things to just get off my chest to talk about, to just digest and just give back to you guys. And so um, there is certainly um, a, a great need, I think, for conversations that are centered around relationships um, that are not just intimate, but relationships that are certainly associate associative or partnerships in any capacity, because at the end of the day, sometimes you just pick wrong. Like, have you ever um, been to a restaurant and realized, like, you picked the wrong thing? Like, it looked amazing on the menu. The pictures looked amazing, especially in this QR code menu world. Oh, my God, the food is amazing. The way they stage food looks incredible. But then you get it, and you realize the ingredients don't always line up. Like, this is not made up of 
what I what it looked like. You know, it's, it's stuff in it that I didn't want that wasn't listed on the menu. There are some items that y'all cooked with that I didn't like the brand of, or there's something about the ingredients that just don't mix. That's how people are sometimes. Sometimes you just realize you picked the wrong thing right and that's not just with relationships that are intimate but that's also with friendships and so that brought me to a scripture reference that I think is befitting to start the conversation today Proverbs 13 and 20 straight from the book of wisdom if you want to grow in wisdom spend time with the wise but walk with the wicked and you'll eventually become just like them. And that is quoted from the New Living Translation of the Bible. I remember being young and my parents like literally used to tell me all the time, you are known by the company that you keep. And I didn't understand it at the time, but I realized later in life that you literally become a reflection of what you are around most. That the time that you spend in the environment with anything, whether it be people, whether it be habits, whether it be conditions, you find yourself having absorbed the likings, the look and the routine of the things that go on around you. In fact, older people used to always tell me that you can tell what a person, especially the, the church mothers, they used to tell you could tell what a person is doing because they start looking like what they are around most. We used to think it was so deep when people used to say you look like sin. No, sin has a look. It makes you age different and it makes you look stressed and it takes away that light and that glow and that natural um high energy that you have as an individual and so this is literally backed in this scripture that's found in proverbs 13 that if you want to grow in wisdom you have to spend time with the wise you can't keep walking around with foolish people and think that you are going to be able to um look like something that you are not around you literally begin to absorb Everything from your environment, whether it be the awarenesses, the understandings, the standards, the practices, whatever it is. And that's why I think it's important for us to understand that we have to fuel our space with people who elevate our mindset and who do not deplete our mindset or take us down. You know, I used to struggle with standards. I used to really feel like, you know, I couldn't be that kind of person that enforced certain standards in my life because I felt like you would be either looked at as being grand or looked at as being uppity or looked at as being you know above other people and that's not the case sometimes standards are designed simply to keep us in a place that is comfortable for us it doesn't necessarily mean there's something wrong with you it means that I'm not in that same place and if I continue to allow myself to absorb who you are where you are and what you do then eventually it's going lower who I am right and so I had to learn how to define my standards and not just define them but stick to them and be okay sticking to them don't ever let anybody make you feel bad for having standards because at the end of the day your standards is your space your standard is your standing it's the place where you reside and if I reside in a place of happiness and you reside in a place of constant pity and sadness and misery we all know misery loves company I don't want to constantly be around people who are miserable because misery will take away my state of happiness and so sometimes it's not about um you know looking down at people and making people feel bad for who they are and where they are it's about being able to maintain who you are so your standard doesn't always have to be about who other people are and what they do and that's the way you explain it like this is not even about you it's about me it's one of those kind of conversations like a breakup conversation it's not you it's me 
And that's okay to have those kinds of conversations with people. And so at the end of the day, I think that it is important that we monitor um, who we allow in our lives. And that's not just limited to your associations, but it is also limited or rather it exists and it reaches into the people that you follow that comes with social media following. It also comes with like ministry following church following leadership and all of the above. And so this week I decided to talk and make today's podcast about um, three different types of people to avoid in your life. All right. So I want to streamline the focus of the conversation and narrow it down to these couple of things, right? These are three types of people that I believe you need to dismiss ASAP. When you talk about starting something new now, you need to do it today. Serve some eviction notices. So um, at the end of the day, the bottom line is everybody can't be your friend and you can't be friends with everybody, right? I know that this world um, may make you feel sometimes like you can, but the reality is you have to love everybody, but you can't be friends with everybody, right? So these are the three types of people that I feel like you need to dismiss. You need to dismiss the doubter, you need to dismiss the dumper, and you also need to dismiss the drainer, all right? So let's talk about those three types of people. So the doubter are obviously, uh, the doubting type are obviously the kinds of people who do not fuel your faith, your visions, or your dreams. And not only do they not fuel them, but doubting, obviously, is that operative word that means that they are anti your faith and your visions and your dreams. They have no level of faith in what you have faith in, right? And so when we start talking, let's speak about the comrades, the confidants, and the um, the why is this escaping me the comrades the confidants and the constituents there we go we started talking about the the definition of those and how um some of them share like interests and some of them are for what you for and against what you're against but they are not for you and all this other type of stuff right but when we start talking about the doubter you're talking about specifically people who you cannot operate in effectiveness with because if you believe a thing and they doubt what it is that you believe then they are causing a conflict not just to your faith but they are causing a conflict to your walk right because the doubter is also somebody who's going to constantly try to dissuade you out of what it is that you believe Amos raises this question in the third chapter of the book that bears his name he says can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction and that comes from the amplified version of that text while I believe that this question is spiritual when you think about it from a natural perspective and even from a logical perspective how can I walk with somebody and with again being that operative word if we do not agree on where we are going right because if you are going one way and I'm going another way then obviously our 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 efforts are contrary one to another and so what happens is when you start to walk with people who you don't agree with there's a lack of progression where there is a lack of agreement there is a lack of progression where there is a lack of understanding there is a, a lack of forward movement because we aren't even equipped to actually make movement right because what happens is you trying to go this way right imagine two people being yoked together and a yoke is simply like a cord that binds um you know tied together essentially it's imagine two people being handcuffed together you've seen this in movies throughout the ages right where people are handcuffed and one person decides they want to walk in one direction and one person decides they want to walk in another direction neither of them are making any significant progress and so the doubting type of individual not only um does not fuel you but they they take away from 
from you. They pull from you. You do not need people in your life in this season that subtract. You need people who add to your life. You need people who give value to your life. At the end of the day, where there is no uh, functioning agreement, there cannot be any progress. Um, essentially what you're doing um is is anti-walking right Amos says can two people walk together no you're not walking you're wandering and wandering will leave you in a place where there is no cause wandering is when you are moving without time restraints and without purpose and most of all wandering is moving without pace right when you talk about the definition of the word pace you're talking about um understanding the step and the stride and the skip and the speed right we're talking about being at a synchronicity I can't deal with doubters in my life because you don't even carry the same pace as me which means that if you're not carrying my pace then you're slowing me down and even if you're not the kind of person who's slowing me down you may very well be the kind of person who speed me up which means that you're moving me ahead of my schedule and if you move me ahead of my schedule then I run the risk of missing what I needed to get at one level because you were so busy trying to get to where you were or where you wanted to be so at the end of the day you talking about friendship friendship has a pace right because we are walking together. And so when you start getting to people who are not walking with you, but people who are wandering around you, you are talking about losing time, losing pace, losing stride, losing purpose. But purpose even has a pace. Time waits for no man, right? That is a, a logic that is age old that goes down through the history that time waits for nobody. And so when it comes to that, you recognize that while God's timing is perfect and we are not necessarily on the time clock of man, I need to be on the time clock of God. And if God is moving me at a specific place and pace and a purpose and a time and you're slowing down that vision that that understanding that faith or that dream then we disagree and here's the thing that I found out it is okay to raise the question I said this last week about raising the question who are you and why are you here another question that is okay to raise is do we agree do we agree First, giving them the chance to equally evaluate one another. You got to ask that question. Do we agree? Not only do I agree with you, but here's the other question. Do you agree with me? Because at the end of the day, if I can't even challenge you with that question, then I already know we don't agree because that means that you're not even on a place where you evaluate the people that you allow in your life. And if you don't evaluate the people that you allow in your life, how am I going to allow you in my life? Because that means that you're going to bring their baggage, your baggage, the baggage of the people that they tied to and all of the other drama that comes along with it. So we have to first start asking the question, do we agree one with another right but then after you evaluate one another let's take it a little further into because it's possible to end up you know around someone who who can portray agreement right that's that's the manipulative type of individual that we've dealt with and we've seen all throughout history right there are people who are chameleons who can adapt to surroundings to get what they want and to be um in agreement long enough to, to to advance their agenda, right? But then the question has to become, do I agree, right? Because at the end of the day, when we start talking about being able to try the spirit, by the spirit, or being able to allow our Holy Ghost to bear witness of the people who are around us, do I agree with you? Have I discerned, once again, there's that discernment word popping up when it comes to friendship. Have I discerned that we are people who share um, not just the same likes as far as the same type of movies, and we like to laugh at the same type of stuff, and Martin is our favorite show, by the way. Martin is my favorite show. Or, or girl, we we you know we like the same hairstylist or girl we got the same um you know same favorite color or bro you kind of cool and you do what I do when I want to do it and you do it on the low key so that's how I'm calling you bro and doc and all the church slang and all the stuff that we use on the side you know what I'm saying all the co-work hitting that kids next door and all that drama but anyway the question is do I then agree with you and that question has to go into moral foundations it has to go into the fundamentals of who a person is it has to deal with everything from character to values to integrity 
to standards. So it's not just I agree with you because we like the same stuff, but do I agree with your character? Do I agree with who you are? Because at the end of the day, I have to check you at your foundation. Anything you do in life, you got to check at the foundation. I can't check stuff on the surface. If I check stuff on the surface, then I'm going to get surface results. When I check stuff at the foundation, I can ensure that whatever I'm depositing myself into and investing myself into is not going to be easily broken. And those are the kinds of relationships that are worth my time. You have to start dealing with relationships that are worth your time. Relationships at this point in your life should be worthwhile. They cannot be just haphazard. It can't just be because you're lonely. It just can't be because you're bored because you're going to end up lonely and broke. And not just lonely. Lonely and broke, but lonely and broken. And not just lonely and broken, but lonely, broken, tied up and tangled up and find yourself in a whole world of drama that you could have avoided simply by spending time evaluating people and only welcoming in people in your life who actually fit the mold of who you are and what it is that you are trying to accomplish in your life. The doubter is a person that you need to dismiss out of your life. When we start talking about the word um, doubt, right, to, to doubt someone specifically in in its full um, terminology is to have reservations or hesitations or to have uncertainty, to have disbelief or even distrust. It's even suspicion and skepticism, right? And so when you start talking about uh, people in your life who claim to be friends but doubting you, then that that's already going to raise a red flag for me because it's like, what what are you giving? You giving skepticism. You giving disbelief you're given suspicion you're given things that don't even fall with the lines of friendships and that's the crazy thing it's like how we allow people in our lives that we know carry these types of characteristics and in all actuality none of these characteristics fall in line with the definition of what friendships are but we call them friends because we like we don't like to be alone i would rather sit there and call you friend than have to deal with being alone and the crazy thing is you welcome in people who are not friends who technically are enemies. Only enemies can can be the type of people who are on alert or hesitation or have reservations about you. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about people who got to gotta scope you out, people who don't understand your heart because at the end of the day, we talked about the definition of friendship being those who know you, right? So that means that you have an awareness of my heart. And so a lot of times you got to recognize that some of these people that you call them friends in your life are just people. They're not your friends. You got to dismiss the doubter, right? All right, so when I move on to not just dismissing the doubter, you got to dismiss the dumper. Let's talk about emotional dumping. Emotional dumping um, is uh, people or, you know, situations that constantly, and I mean, I want to emphasize the word constantly, release a toxic amount of venting on you, right? So there's, there's like a safe space of venting. There is a... Um, what do you want to call it? A standard, I guess, amount of venting. Because in any relationship, you got to know relationships are investments and they're give and take, which means that there are going to be times when I have to talk and then there are going to be times when I have to listen. And not only are there going to be times I have to listen, but there are going to be there have to be times where I have to um, empathize with your story and, and try to sympathize with it, where you are and what you're going through, right? And sometimes you actually are going to be the victim and you're going to need a friend to be there to help you, to, to pick you up, to lend you a dollar, to help you figure out how to get your next job or whatever the case may be. But an emotional dumper is someone who constantly, and that's the, that's the operative word here, constantly, is the victim in their own story and constantly releasing toxic amount of venting onto you, right? The reason why we have to be cautious of emotional dumpers is because when you start talking about the investment of friendship, investing in anything is an act of devoting time, effort, and energy to a particular undertaking, right? 
And when you devote that time, and this is why investments are pure, they're not, you know, ill motive driven or anything like that, you have the expectation of a worthwhile result, right? I invest in something. It's not like I'm, you know, and an investment is definitely taking a risk, but an investment is not like believing in something per se, because believing is just kind of li- living on faith. Investment is more like I have made a calculated determination that this is something that I'm willing to put my time, my effort, my energy into. And because I've calculated that, I already am going in knowing that I have the expectation to receive something worthwhile out of it. So you give with an expectation that it will be a worthwhile payoff. But sometimes listening to emotional dumpers can end up working against you and not for you. And so we start talking about investments in friendships. We have to make sure that the investments that we make are sound and that it's not an investment that's working against us because you could be getting something out of the friendship and not necessarily realize that that's something that you're getting out is something that is actually destroying you. Emotional dumpers are people who constantly contaminate. Understand this, right? Think about a trash can, right? A trash can and and even specifically if you've worked in medical field, biohazardous trash cans are designed to contain and to hold hazardous material right so when you start talking about emotional dumpers who dump toxic amounts of um, venting onto you you're talking about somebody who is willing to literally um, make you a container for their contamination and anytime you become um, engaged in or come in contact with contaminated content, then the container becomes contaminated too. That's why when you look at biomedical trash cans versus standardized trash cans, while we do throw all types of dirt and filth into trash cans, right? Like, I mean, there are times when just all types of stuff, I've seen all types of stuff, maggots form in trash cans. All, yeah, that's nasty too. But think about biochemical um, trash cans that are utilized specifically to carry hazardous material. They are lined with a different type of lining or trash bag or whatever you want to call it because the contamination that is contained within the contents that's in that container if it is left out or if it ruptures and causes a hole to engage in um, that lining, then the contamination now sleeps into the container. Essentially, what I'm saying is the longer you allow people to dump into you, the more contaminated you become by what it is that you are containing. And the crazy thing is that emotional dumpers often do not have respect for your time, nor do they take responsibility for the solution in their own lives. And here's the thing. There are times, like I said, when you have to be the friend to step up. Yeah. You need to figure out how you're going to make it from this week to this week. You need to figure out how you're going to get another job. You need to figure out a plan for getting back into school. Whatever that is, cool, we friends, I'm going to help you out. But when you are constantly a victim of your own story and never take responsibility for a solution or how to get better, never take advantage of any opportunities to, to put your foot in another path and make yourself better, perhaps you are an emotional dumper. And typically, they not not only um, disrespect and, and disregard um, a solution and, and disrespect regards your time but they typically don't see when they have um exceeded the boundaries of your bandwidth right so you are one person and you have a bandwidth you have a specific amount of time and energy that you can devote to other people without it 
um, interfering with your own ability to concern yourself with yourself. Emotional dumpers don't have a concern about your bandwidth. They don't care about how much time you have um, to engage and how much space and capacity you have in your own emotional consciousness because at the end of the day, while they going through what they going through, you going through what you going through. Emotional dumpers are often not people who raise the question, how are you doing? Right. And most times they cannot handle accountability or challenge. And so the way to identify emotional dumpers is being able to ask people, you know, um, to take responsibility for their own victory. Right. It's, it's me being able to say this is how you can come out of this. And if they never take that, that, that in and out, something is wrong. Right. Something is definitely, definitely wrong. So you got to get rid of the emotional dumpers. You got to get rid of the doubters. But then you have to get rid of the drainers. Lord have mercy. Do you know anybody in your life who just like absolutely drains you? And you really, really try with this person because you really, really believe in their potential and you really, really believe in you know, who they are and what they can be and all of that. But all, but every time you're around them, you feel drained and you feel like you're at a loss and you feel like you've given more than you've gotten out of it. Drainers are people who do not leave you better. They do not leave you empowered. They do not leave you inspired. And or in the least bit, they don't even make you feel like you are on an even plane or an even kill, right? When you start looking at drainers that are put in the sink, right drainers are designed specifically when you talk about the design of like those um drainers or you can even look at it as a strainer like um you know a colander the the old school strainers right they are designed to release the fluids out and maintain the substance of a thing that's being dumped right and so when you start talking about emotional dumping there are people who leave you with the heaviness the substance, the depth of their drama in your drain. So they have now filtered out all of their foolishness, all of their folly, and they feel a level of release, a level of freedom, a level of liquidity. They feel a level of free flow while you, if you allow drainers in your life, are the person who's stuck with the weight of what that person carries. You, you might not believe it or not, but friendships are definitely spiritual. And the things that people release into your life and into your mind, into your spirit can stay with you while they released it. Have you ever found like or been that friend that had a beef with somebody after um, they got over it with somebody? That's why I tell people all the time. Don't bring me into your beefs with other people. And don't expect me to dislike somebody because you dislike somebody. Because at the end of the day... You're going to be the made up with that person and then you're going to be looking stupid. That's the same thing with relationships. I don't feel like it's um, beneficial or even effective to constantly drag people into why you and your, your, your loved one, your spouse, your partner, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whoever it is, are going through anything because y'all going to make up and then we're going to be sitting there mad at y'all because we think he's a, he's a dog, he's a cheater, and you done let him back in your life, right? When you start talking about draining you start talking about being left with the weight of the impact of what has happened to people. When you look at the word drain, it is a device that is used to relieve flooded areas. That's what drains do even in the street, right? And so you can provide relief to people and be left with the weight. <laughs> like this is why you got to dismiss drainers because when you drain a thing, 
you allow people to find their free flow and you are the one who's stuck carrying, I mean carrying, the weight of the emotions and the drama and the heaviness of what a person um, has been through. So I think that it is important for us to recognize when we are surrounded by draining people, right? Um, and there are ways to identify when you are around draining people because at the end of the day, they leave you exhausted. Um, not only do they leave you exhausted, but they regularly um, expect you to make sacrifices for them. Uh, again, like carrying their weight and their baggage and you, you know, you full of anxiety and stress and fatigue and frustration about what they going through and they sit there sleeping at night. Um, you worry about their issues more than than they were about yours and 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 um you worry about their well-being more than you worry about yours um your positive feelings for them um start disappearing you start looking at a person sideways all the time like there are ways to identify emotional drainers and what you have to do is oftentimes you have to refrain yourself when you recognize i'm dealing with a drainer right and, and yeah you know the the Quick advice is just cut them off, let it go, you know, dismiss people out your life, serve eviction notice. That's fine. But some relationships are worth salvaging. But what I found out about bad friendships and when it comes down to these three types of people in your life, the doubter, the drainer, and the dumper, um, you have to curtail yourself. One of the things that we have to do is be the kind of people who refrain from constantly fixing other people's problems. It doesn't mean that you don't discern, again, those times where you need to step up, those times where you need to be a friend, those times where you are expected to be there. Because there are times and cases where, and there's a healthy balance of being able to be a good friend to someone. But when it comes down to certain things, you have to refrain yourself from constantly trying to fix other people's problems here's why because number one you constantly trying to fix other people's problems reflects a god complex it reflects your mindset that you are the person who can constantly and always fix everybody's issues when in all actuality that's up to god to deal with and god to handle that's why you gotta learn how to commit your friends to prayer the other thing that it reflects is that you often enable people in their actions their behaviors and their lack of responsibility over their own situations when you constantly try to fix things for them or you constantly save them at the end of the day that creates an enabler and, and, and an enablement mentality right and that is something that is unsafe because it really turns friendships into things that we start to despise and things that we start to hate and so sometimes friendships go left not just because we're dealing with doubters dumpers and drainers but because we don't check these kind of people and try to challenge them into being the best version of themselves that they can possibly be and so I think these are three types of people that you want to avoid in your life. And most of all, I think that these are three types of people that you need to evaluate in your life. When it comes to friends, you have to practice selectivity, right? That means that you have carefully and cautiously and conscientiously, right? Those are the three keywords, carefully, cautiously, and conscientiously um, considered who it is that you want to befriend. Everybody is not equipped to handle the intimate parts of you. I said that last week. Everybody's not equipped to handle your anointing. Everybody is not equipped to be your friend. Everybody's not equipped to carry what you carry. What I have found is that some of my best friends in life are the ones who are the least visible in my world because their loyalty is not rooted in some type of hype or formality or even some type of idea that this is what friendship looks like, but it is rather uh, rooted in the depth of their authenticity, which proves to us this, that you don't have to um, be considered a real friend just based on your visibility. In fact, what I would 
would venture to say is that the real friends are the ones who who understand I don't have to be visible to be valuable, right? There are so many people in the Bible who were nameless, who have powerless, powerful stories. And I always wanted to preach a sermon from that perspective, nameless, but necessary. Because sometimes it is the invisible things and the invisible persons that make the most value in our lives. In fact, I would probably venture to say that when we are not overly exhausted by um, the ideas of, of the standardized versions of this is what friendship looks like, especially the socialized versions nowadays, because everybody feel like they got to travel with their BFF. They got to, you know, Instagram posts and, you know, all the stuff that they want to do in the world. When all actuality, what value do you bring to my life? But I would venture to say that we are probably the best types of friends when we are not overly exhausted by too many things being put on this ship right because that's just the law of gravity that anything that carries too much weight will eventually sink and so I believe that as I wrap up today because I'm already over my time these are three different types of people that you need to dismiss out of your life which brings us to the idea that we might have a part three if y'all inbox me and y'all really really want it of three types of people to welcome into your life and to open up your heart to because you'd be surprised it's always the ones that you least expect so here's what you got to do if you want a part three of this i need you to share the podcast tag me and let me know that you want part three do me a favor do not wait until next week to start something new but start something new right now go serve some eviction notices and go type some time praying and discerning what it is that you need to do and give anything that's sucking up space without paying the cost of the loyalty and legitimacy that is required for friendship a notice today that it is time to change some things because this is a good day to start something new not tomorrow but start it right now i'm out of here y'all till next week we'll see what we're talking about peace